Personally, from the editor, Pastor Dan Gaiman. Greetings to our covenant family of redeemed Israelites across the hinterlands of the divided states of America, the Dominion of Canada, and all of Europe, Scandinavia, Australia, and elsewhere across the West. Sometimes I'm incapable of processing all the events in these tumultuous days since March of 2020. So, here are a few personal confessions without further ado. Without a doubt, these last two years, circumstances beyond my control have led me to understanding that I need to be content to focus only on those things that I can control. My frustration mounts as my disillusionment increases, all over events that I am powerless to change. That has forced me to concentrate my focus on three fronts. I have increased the time I spend in Bible study and prayer. I have attempted as best as I can to remember that the family and the local church are areas that require regular attention. The third front to which I devote my remaining time is the outreach ministry, Watchman Outreach Ministries, via phone calls, attending emergency prayer needs and counseling, writing articles and letters, and working through theological conflicts and questions. I stay quite busy. Sometimes I'm amazed, saddened, and even humbled to consider how what we have lived through for over two years is not nearly as bad as our Christian brothers and sisters have endured in Australia and some corners of Europe and elsewhere. Then I consider the extreme violence and needs of our brethren in South Africa, and I shudder. In Vernon County, Missouri, we were in touch with our county sheriff, who refused to enforce the lockdown. To the praise of Jesus Christ, our informed county sheriff notified our county commissioners in advance of the Missouri lockdown that he would not enforce it, ignoring the local health department and their efforts to enforce public safety health procedures. Rules issued from our county health department are not enforceable because they carry no statutory authority as laws made by our state legislators. Our sanctuary doors were never locked down, and we never closed our sanctuary. We did hold two outdoor services in honor of the national quarantine, but then the rain came, and we went back inside. We continued to hold public worship services throughout the pandemic. Christian Heritage Academy remained open after about a week off. When the students came to get assignments, a couple families at the time, as we realized after a few days that this national emergency was being oversold. We reopened the academy and put our children back in school. Praise God, neither the sheriff nor any health authorities ever attempted to close down our academy or church. As for our congregants, almost every single person continued working in his respective job. Most all of our people work in areas that were deemed essential. That was another tremendous blessing from our mighty God. We were not impacted by the pandemic here locally. Our 2020 celebration of the Feast of Passover and Unleavened Bread was impacted and limited mostly to those within the state's borders who could get here without worrying about whether or not they could return to their state. We all noted that by June and the Feast of Pentecost, everyone was eager to get out. That was our largest Feast of Pentecost ever. To the best of my knowledge, no one who worships here received the experimental spike protein injection. Many have had the virus, 
and many were able to get the prescription of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. This, together with zinc, vitamin D3, and a couple of other recommended items enabled congregants to avoid hospitalization. We did lose one dear friend and longtime member, though, Louis Treitzman. We miss him dearly. Because so many Americans have refused the shot, they have natural immunity against this biological warfare pathogen that evil minds turned loose on the world. Sadly, many people in Vernon County have died, many of them nursing home patients who had no choice whether to take the vaccine. They were herded through the chute like cattle, and that is enough to make anyone's blood boil. In fact, the elderly in this country were the citizenry most taken advantage of in this pandemic. It was iniquitous. Early warning. If you were watching what came out of the G20 summit held in Bali, Indonesia, this past November 15th and 16th, you are ahead of most Americans. A rather large contingent of the leaders from major nations and talking heads from the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, yes, Klaus Schwab, founder of the WEC, was present, and other notorious leaders, including Joe Biden, were there. 10,000 policemen and 18,000 soldiers were there to protect this contingency of leaders. Security was massive. The results of the summit are definitely something you should share with your family and neighbors. They discussed at the G20 summit the next pandemic. While no date for this pandemic was given, there's little doubt that another pathogen is on its way. Tentative plans include another round of injections, this time with a new and improved plan. Instead of mandating a quarantine of healthy people as they did previously, they will give some kind of certification of injection verification that proves you received the experimental injection. In order to travel, you will be required to carry your certificate of injection, removing yet another freedom. If I understand this correctly, this is intended to punish those who refuse the injection. Alert your county sheriff, and also talk to your county commissioners and local health officials, asking them to be aware of this potential coming down as an order. Let them know ahead of time just how much you resist such removal of your freedoms. May God help us all if this truly comes to pass. A quick review of Bible prophecy. For several decades, since the early 1980s, I have taught that the fullness of nations from Jeremiah 30 verse 11 was coming to fruition. This seems clear with each passing day. The vast majority of Israelites live as exiles from their ultimate homeland. While some believers insist that their homeland is where Israel has been regathered, they may need to reconsider. Several prominent Bible expositors have taught that America is where Israel has already regathered. Of course, this proposition does not withstand the scrutiny of anyone who truly examines the facts. While speaking in the British Isles, Germany, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, and across the United States of America, I have listened to people insisting that their homeland was where Jehovah would regather his people. You may be surprised to learn that human opinion and theological speculation 
don't hold up to the scrutiny of strong biblical hermeneutics. If you have any doubt about what you have just read, send for our booklet titled 2 Samuel 7 verse 10. Can we get it right? I would be so happy to send you a copy post-haste. The goal is to iron out theological wrinkles regarding this matter to the satisfaction of anyone who seeks truth rather than theological speculation. With all the developments underway in America and the entire West, we need to look hard into some of the theological paradigms that were preached during the last 75 years plus regarding the regathering of Israel. We all must study to show ourselves approved and not just shoot from the hip. Looking at Great Britain and America through the lens of Bible prophecy. How can anyone miss the fact that we are living in perilous days? Perhaps the beginning of the time of Jacob's trouble. Our homeland in America and across the entire Western world is facing greater challenges than at any point previously. I am not eager to project where Great Britain and the United States of America may be in terms of biblical prophecy, but I humbly submit the following, even at the risk of being wrong. I do wish to say this with Amos 3 verse 7 on my mind. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets. Hosea chapter 12 verse 10 is also applicable. I have also spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Consider just how much of the Old and New Covenants are occupied with prophecy. The Word of God informs us that the Church of the Living God is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20. The text of Jeremiah 30, verses 1 through 11, and thereafter, is clear. In the time of Jacob's trouble, we will be under the yoke of Esau Edom. As the Edomites have been gaining over Jacob Israel for some time, it would not appear that the Edomite stranglehold on banking and finance and entertainment and all forms of news media, public education, Wall Street, and much of commerce and trade is going to go away anytime soon. Edomites hold preeminent positions in all of these and other areas as well. These Edomites from the left side of Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 are packed like sardines into the bureaucracy of the federal government. We have the promise that at the end of Jacob's trouble, Jehovah God will lift this yoke. As America, Great Britain, and all of the Israelite nations of the West move deeper into this time of Jacob's trouble, we surely are closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the events associated with his return. Prior to the return of Jesus Christ, either at the onset or at some point in the time of Jacob's trouble, all the nations into which biblical Israel was dispersed will come to their end as we have historically known them. Jeremiah 30 verse 11 explains it in this way, For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, Though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee. But I will correct thee in measure, and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. What can we learn from this prophetic statement? Number one, Jehovah has his eye upon Israel, and his ultimate goal is to deliver them. 
Making a proper identification of genetic Israel is essential in understanding Bible prophecy. The European, Celtic, Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, Scandinavian, and Slavic peoples are genetic Israel. Unfortunately, the Christian church has accorded this genetic identity to the Edomites, as identified by Jesus Christ in Revelation 2 verse 9 and 3 verse 9, as being the synagogue of Satan. Number two, the promise is that the full end of all nations, wherein Israel lives in dispersion, will come to pass. We have already witnessed the rapid decline and full end arrive for the British Commonwealth of Nations since the end of World War II in 1945. Britain has lost the greater part of its commonwealth and is a mere shadow of its former existence. Commensurate with the downsizing of Britain, Every Israelite nation in Europe and across the entire West is in rapid decline. The United States of America is now on decline. Since January of 2008, and has been in free fall from its former status among the nations. Not a single Israelite nation on this earth is free of the radical change in the composition of its demographics. Every Israelite nation under heaven has been ingesting non-Caucasian populations into their landscape. The full end of all nations in the family of Israelite nations has come. Number three. This then is the promise that Israelite people must cling to. The promise of our covenant God is that although all nations in the family of Israel are coming to their full end, our eternal God promises that he will not make a full end of his people. Number four, notice this, however. Jehovah does promise that he will correct his people in measure and that they will not be altogether unpunished. Please consider the plight of the European nations as they are now facing a winter with limited quantities of heating oil. Examine the suffering under the COVID-19 lockdowns in the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the British Isles, and all across Europe. Our sovereign God lifted his grace from the Abrahamic family of nations throughout the West. The former seasons of prosperity are diminishing across the West. Number five, it is difficult to know with certainty how severe the chastisement will be that Jehovah, the God of Israel, will assign his covenant children. The degree of our divine chastening may well be determined by the response that his people demonstrate in the fact of their fallen fortunes. Will they seek the face of Jehovah in repentance? Will Israel respond in humbleness and confess their personal and national sins? acknowledge the sins of former generations, and seek to make things right by restoring themselves under covenant and divine law? Or will they remain awash in their wickedness? Remnant Christians living in the post-Christian history of America need to be encouraged in the full realization that our hope and indeed our future do not rest in the political future of America or any other country. The results of the 2022 midterm elections in the U.S. should confirm to every convicted believer that our future is not in the kingdoms or political fortunes of this world. In this world, we are residing in the kingdom of men. And in a fallen world, there is no perfection in any model or form of government on this earth. 
much like Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and his family, and the train of believing covenant people that counted themselves as pilgrims and strangers in this earth, remnant believers in the family of redeemed Israel must share this same worldview. Jesus stated this just hours before his death by crucifixion in A.D. 33. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. Judean Israelites that did not accept Jesus as the promised Messiah, and that this Jesus would incite the Roman imperial government to move against the Judeans and their temple worship in Jerusalem. But now is my kingdom not from hence. From St. John chapter 18, verse 36. When we're called by grace alone, by faith alone, by Christ alone, by sola scriptura alone, for the glory of God alone, we are saved by the blood of Christ and baptized into his person. Look to Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. This is what connects us to the person of Jesus Christ, incarnate God. When the Holy Spirit empowers us, we are then joined to one another in the body of Christ and into the church, which is the body of Christ, over which he is the head. Look to Ephesians 5, verse 23 to 32, Colossians 1, verse 18, Hebrews 12, verse 23, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3, and Matthew 16, verse 18. As believers, we are translated by God our Father from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear Son. As a blood-bought citizen of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, our citizenship is now in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of Jesus Christ will establish at his return in glory and power with his redeemed saints and the holy angels. Take some time to look at these Bible verses. Matthew chapter 25 verse 31, 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 13, Jude verse 14, Zechariah chapter 14 verse 5, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 through 7, Daniel chapter 2 verse 44, Micah chapter 4 verse 15. We are now citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Like our Israelite Christian forebears, we are but strangers and pilgrims in this world. Our real citizenship is not vested in this world, but in the kingdom which will be ushered in when Jesus Christ returns in glory and power. Reflections regarding the midterm election. Please try to visualize the 2022 midterm election and all future elections through the following prism. The American Republic of 1776 was nullified in the aftermath of the tragic war between the states that ended in 1865. By 1868, the U.S. Constitution was essentially altered so that the nation, founded by white European Christian men, was terminated by the 14th and 15th Amendments. These and other amendments, including the 16th and 17th, were ratified in 1913. Then, the 19th Amendment, ratified in 1920, changed the character of the American Republic. The model of government chosen by our founding fathers when the U.S. Constitution was ratified in 1789. 
George Washington became the first to serve as president under that model government. The 56 mostly Christian founding fathers who signed the Declaration of Independence in 1776 and the 39 delegates who affixed their signatures to the Constitution in 1789 were all genetic European Israelites. Almost all of them were faithful, church-going men with noble character and moral lifestyles. They created a model of government designed for the perpetuation of a people of European background. They limited voting to white men, with each household casting only one vote. There were no taxes on private property or income, and the U.S. Senators were elected by the state legislatures rather than the masses. The Founding Fathers gave us a republic very much like that found in Exodus 19 verses 3 through 8. While this does not mean that they enshrined biblical law into the 1789 model of government, please recall that states reinforced most of the critical laws of biblical morality, and these remained in place across most of America until the Cultural Revolution that began in 1960. The U.S. Constitution was made for a Christian and moral people. When America ceased to be Christian, however, the U.S. government ceased to be good. The impact of these radical changes in the U.S. Constitution by constitutional amendments, together with a radical change in the moral and racial composition of our demographics, has come to full fruition. We are reaping the harvest that at least two of our former generations sowed. The dissolution and radical changes in the spiritual and moral fabric of Americans has forever changed the moral character of our national population. America has moved from a 90% white nation from 1950 to a point in 2022 where white people are now below 50% of the total population. Some demographers even claim that the white population in the U.S. is not above 40%. We have been ingesting hordes of the third world people every day and night since January of 2021. With our plunging birth rate, and the invasion of our country along our southern border, we are doomed to become a small white remnant rather than a white minority. The midterm election in 2022 bears strong testimony that white people may never see another national election that favors any Christian and pro-white composition in the House, Senate, or White House. All hope in any kind of political future is limited to that of individual states, and in fact, may be eventually limited to single counties here and there. Pray for our country and our leaders. Pray for God's mercy. Pray for our own conviction of sin. Let repentance begin with each one of us. Pray for the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and hearts. And pray for the protection from God Almighty. Pray also for good politicians at the state and county levels where you reside. A stark reality is this. The balkanization of the country into tribal jurisdictions may be the only means by which people can retain their genetic heritage and their moral faith and practice. This is a rather long shot and could only happen if some significant events happen to occur. Personal Observations About the Midterms 
We are witnessing the plunging moral and intellectual levels of the multicultural, racially diverse population, as well as the complete loss of common sense. America is spiritually and morally depraved. The words of God from Galatians 6, verse 7-9 warn believers as follows. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he soweth to his flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. Beyond everything that can be said about the election, America is a nation that is reaping what has been sowing for a very long time. We didn't get here overnight. No nation, especially a nation under covenant contract with Jehovah God, can live in violation of his moral law without reaping terrible curses. God will not be mocked, and all who believe otherwise are deceived. Those who live by faith in Jesus Christ and the promises of his word must not grow weary or faint in the struggle to live by faith in Jesus Christ and stand on the testimony of his saving grace and commandments. The day of election integrity and transparency has passed. Several of the U.S. states already resemble a banana republic. Mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting, elections that continue counting for days on end, these all mean the end of honest and fair elections in many blue states. We must concentrate on saving the red states and move to areas that require voter ID and allow absolutely no mail-in votes. All states with mail-in ballots are ripe for being rigged. Arizona is an excellent example of how the election was rigged. A win for Democrats was baked into the election. During 2020, the Democratic-dominated state legislators made mail-in votes a permanent part of their elections. Moreover, early voting is also a part of their voting protocol. In the 2022 midterms, 79% of the votes in Arizona were cast before Election Day. Something is rotten. Cheating was rampant. Several hundred thousand Arizona voters did not trust the mail-in process and voted in person on Election Day. A large percentage of the mean ta machine tabulators broke down, and voters were asked to wait in line for up to two and three hours extra. Those votes were the last to be counted. Arizona finished counting the votes cast on Election Day in the early hours of Sunday, November 13th. The election process is now almost a month long in some areas. While Republicans slept during the COVID-19 pandemic, the Democratic-dominated state legislators baked election fraud into their voting process. In Arizona and Nevada, they just kept counting mail-in votes until the Democrat wins. And we're supposed to be confident in safe and secure elections. Hardly. Many Republicans are simply too timid to question and dig deep into the election integrity issue. There are some important facts to be known about the 2022 midterm election. First, Republicans cast 5 million more votes than Democrats. Second, to clarify lots of the news coverage that blamed Donald Trump for the poor showing by the Republican candidates, here's the truth. 232 of the Trump-endorsed candidates won, while 22 candidates whom he endorsed did lose. Several of the candidates Trump endorsed were denied funding by Mitch McConnell, 
because they would not endorse him as leader in the U.S. Senate. In all fairness, Trump backed U.S. Senate candidates in Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, and perhaps even Arizona, who simply were not good choices. The national news media, large corporations, big tech, billionaire oligarchs, and the industrial military complex outspent Republicans three to one. Also, very notable is that single women between the ages of 18 and 29, particularly white women, flocked to the election polls to vote for Democrats. This is the bottom line. Feminist women now look to the government to fill the void which men once filled. The federal government has become a surrogate husband for millions of feminist women. These women are primarily interested in abortion on demand, U.S. government to pay for daycare for their children, cancellation of student debts, and soft issues such as these. What an indictment on their thinking and the world in which we live. Selfish people vote only for their own wallets. Generation Z, people of voting age up to 25 years old, voted 16% more for Democrats than they did for Republicans. Democratic promises to liberalize marijuana, federalize abortion into a national law, and forgive student loans enticed the younger crowd. The Democratic Party promised a visit from Santa Claus with all these gifts, and the entitlement generation went for it. Shame on these young people. Again, the degree of selfishness and lack of character seems endless. The mere fact that half of the U.S. population accept open borders, infanticide, gender dysphoria, sodomy, race mixing, abortion on demand, soaring crime rates, student loan forgiveness, and the legalization of marijuana prove that our people have become a disgrace. Perhaps we even deserve the high fuel prices and hyperinflation under which we labor. While I'm not saying we should like or accept these problems, we have a dementia-afflicted leader and are exhibiting the same symptoms nationally as well. We are devoid of common sense. The red wave, or tsunami in this case, was limited to Florida. DeSantis soared a huge victory over his Democratic opponent. Evidently, Florida is the city set on the hill for all red state governors to emulate. DeSantis will be much more ready to face the left wing of this nation after one more term of government. With his wife recovering from cancer and three small children, I hope DeSantis decides to remain in Florida to serve his term as governor. Many people believe he's not quite ready for the terrible onslaught of Marxist demons that he would surely face. As for remnant Christians, there is only one path forward. We must keep our faith in the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Focus on our citizenship in the kingdom of God. And be totally committed to our families. Multiply and rear children. Train them and educate them in Christian principles and reading, writing, math, sciences, history, and, most importantly, theology. All from a Christian perspective. We must not fail our children or take the easy way out. If you are having children, see to their thorough education. They need to be prepared to face the giants of socialism, communism, atheism, and leftists who are educated, albeit not in Christian literature. Our children need to be able to stand their ground 
and defend their faith, culture, and heritage. This doesn't happen by osmosis. The single greatest way to evangelize to others is by each one teaching one. We need to educate each other about the truth of the gospel of the kingdom, as well as the dangers of vaccines, liberalism, socialism, and communism. We have vigorously opposed all vaccinations since 1977, when we withdrew all our children from the public schools and opened the doors of Christian Heritage Academy. Forty-five years later, in 2022, we hold to this position even stronger. Our children are far too precious to let them be used for experimental vaccines. What our children need is this, a mother who is careful with her nutrition for herself and her family, a mother who nurses the baby to provide the best immunity, parents who remain close to God in prayer and Bible reading, and home birthing when possible, or else under the care of a solid doctor who values parents' rights regarding vaccines and a godly education and Christian upbringing. They need to be taught the value of character and hard work. The jury has issued its verdict regarding the pandemic announced on March 12, 2020 by the World Health Organization and the well-planned and funded campaign of fear, panic, and delusional thinking that followed. We now know for sure that the COVID-19 virus was a coronavirus hatched in a bio lab in Wuhan, China, as the result of U.S.-Chinese scientists working together and using pathogens as weapons of war. It does appear that the communist Chinese were the ones who let the pathogen get out into the public. Few seriously doubt that the purpose of this pandemic was to move the world one step closer to one world government. The United States costs for the Ukraine war. The United States is on its way to having spent $91.3 billion on waging its proxy war with Russia. This outrageous outlay of borrowed money funding this war will go down as one of the most significant blunders in U.S. history. Think of it this way. The expenditure is 33% more than Russia's total military spending for the year and double the United States average annual expenditure for its own war in Afghanistan. <laughs> wow. The January 6th charade. The communist democratic government has made a total charade out of January 6, 2021 Freedom Rally in our nation's capital. An estimated 1 million Americans from across the country went to Washington, D.C. to participate in this Freedom Rally. In advance of this rally, the weaponized FBI realized that this could be a golden opportunity to promote radical behavior and shame President Trump and those who were his fervent supporters. In fact, the more we learn about the role the FBI played at this Freedom Rally, the more evident their involvement seems. One person that lost their life among the people that made it into the Capitol building, a Capitol Police officer shot and killed at close range an unarmed woman who was an Air Force veteran. Ashley Babbitt is her name. Her husband and family have been denied all kinds of pertinent information about her death. In the aftermath of this event, nearly 900 were arrested. Some of them remain incarcerated to this day, jailed in isolation cells, some of them even waiting to be charged with a crime. Lately, it has become clear that indeed FBI agents did infiltrate this Freedom Rally and actually encouraged people to enter the U.S. Capitol. 
none of these FBI agent provocateurs have ever been arrested. Antifa and BLM members were seen wearing MAGA hats and urging entry into the U.S. Capitol building as well, with many of them being the ones guilty of actual damage in the Capitol. The Democratic Marxists have used the January 6, 2021 Freedom Rally as a ruse to turn the American public against every Republican who voted for Donald Trump. We can surely see we have no hope politically in the United States of America. Our citizenship in the kingdom of God is where our hearts, minds, and spirits must focus. Per the instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, we must do our best to occupy till I come. Don't plan on driving an electrical vehicle anytime soon. Green energy buffoons are determined to convince Americans that fossil fuel-powered cars are going the way of the dinosaur. Not so fast. Many G20 countries have stated a goal of ending the manufacturing of fossil-fueled vehicles by 2030. In this age of stupidity, just about anything you can imagine is peddled. So why may electrical cars never become the vehicle of choice for Americans? Electricity is generated by fossil fuels. Coal, natural gas, and nuclear energy provide 90% of all the electricity generated in the United States. Wind and solar supply is less than 10%. Those who are pushing electrical vehicles forget that electricity itself is dependent on fossil fuels. Electric cars will not end the use of fossil fuels, but only increase the need for more electricity, which is largely dependent on fossil fuels. Recharging stations necessary to power an electric vehicle are far from adequate and often fail. The cost of replacing a lithium-ion battery in a Tesla vehicle runs between $13,000 and $14,000. Have fun when your battery runs down. The more miles you put on your vehicle, the faster the battery runs down. You'd better keep a big bank balance if you go electric. Lithium is mined by fossil fuels, and most of it is mined in Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, and China. Most lithium is processed in China. Can you imagine how much electricity would be required to replace the fossil-fueled vehicles in America? How much electric power would it take to fuel 18-wheelers to keep the supply chain going? Take time to laugh. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. If our eternal God, observing the foolishness of men on earth, can laugh, Ought not his own sons and daughters on earth try to do likewise? Imagine the derision that unbelievers will have when that moment finally arrives that they realize that the very God whom they defied and ignored is preparing to chasten them on the day of judgment. Scripture does reveal that God has a sense of humor. Consider a few examples. Don't try to run away from God. Jonah tried to run away from doing what Jehovah commissioned him to do, which was to go to Nineveh and preach repentance. Jonah bought a ticket and fled to Tarshish, which is believed to be Spain, the opposite direction God had sent him. Jonah ended up in the belly of a literal whale. Some say Jonah experienced a taste of Hades itself. Legions of other Israelites have ended up in some scary circumstances as they sought to run from their calling and election. Jonah 
finally ended up being delivered from the belly of the whale. He then returned to Nineveh, and to his surprise, his half-hearted preaching was so effective that the entire nation came to repentance. Still suffering a bit of dissolution, however, he continued to experience our sovereign God working with him to deliver Jonah from his stubborn hardness of heart. God allowed Elijah to use sarcasm. In 1 Kings chapter 18, it records how Elijah the prophet was shown the means by which he could perform a miracle. Elijah told a group of heathen idol worshippers to offer a sacrifice to their god. When the pagan idolaters received no response from their god, Elijah mocked them, telling them that their god must be asleep or busy talking, or perhaps on vacation or something else. In contrast to the idol worshippers, Elijah called on God to perform a miracle. This demonstrated Jehovah's power and how false gods only disappoint people. God plays a prank on the Philistines. In 1 Samuel chapter 5, the Philistines had stolen the ark from Israel and placed it in the house of Dagon. The pagan idol fell face down before the ark, not once, but twice with the idol's head and hands being broken off. This was not the end of God's humorous treatment of the Philistines. They ended up suffering from hemorrhoids in their secret parts. Many believe this to be hemorrhoids. Surely this would slow down any Philistine army. The moral of 1 Samuel 5 might be this. We may try to make God submit to what we want in regards to idols that we deem more worthy than God himself, but God shows how much better he is than our earthen and pagan idols. Jehovah captures the attention of a soothsayer with a donkey. God has many ways to capture our attention and does not always speak through normal channels. The story of how the prophet Balaam set out to curse Israel and ended up blessing them is one of those times. In Numbers chapter 22, verses 21 to 31, records the event of the prophet Balaam, whom Balak, king of the Moabites, had hired to curse Israel. The point of this event is that God used a donkey to speak to the prophet Balaam with the goal of denying Balaam the freedom to curse Israel. Would not that be rather humbling and ironic? Pithy bits of wisdom. Give all you've got all the time, and God will help you reach the goal. There is no finish line. Just keep running until God says, that's it. Present choices determine future consequences. Vision is the art of seeing things that are invisible. Fulfilling one's responsibility is the clearest indication of maturity. The greatest joy is giving. The greatest loss is the loss of self-respect. The most satisfying work? Helping others. The most powerful communication? Prayers ascending to heaven. The most prized possession? Integrity. The most beautiful part of one's attire? A smile. The substance of things hoped for? Faith. The worst thing to be without? Hope. The deadliest weapon that people possess? The tongue. The most dangerous pariah? A gossiper.
the greatest shot in the arm? Encouragement. The most effective sleeping pill. Peace of mind. Sunshine and rain. God has not always promised skies always blue, flower strewn pathways all our lives through. God hath not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But God has promised strength for each day, rest for the laborer, light on the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love. Jesus said, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. From Matthew 28, verse 20. How to stay healthy. Be in a right relationship with God. Check your vertical status. Be in right relationship with other people. Check your horizontal status. Pray and read scripture daily. Reconnect with God, your source of strength, by faith in Jesus Christ. Drink lots of water, and don't substitute other liquids for water. A high percentage of Americans are dehydrated. Eat nutritious meals, and stay away from unclean meats. Look to Deuteronomy 14 and Leviticus 11. Soda pop, chips, and junk food. Stay away from them. You are what you eat, so spurn the processed foods. Enjoy some kind of activity. Walk daily. Move. Be forgiving. Forgive, 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 and keep on forgiving until it's habitual. Practice gratitude. Cultivate a grateful heart. Quote Romans 8, 28 and 29 daily. Don't worry about things that you can't control, but focus instead on what you can Worry is assuming those areas of life that are God's responsibility. Take daily doses of vitamin D3, zinc, and vitamin C. Be strong and vigilant for the next pathogen turned loose upon the world by those who hate God, people, and freedom. We pause to thank you, readers. On behalf of everyone who has made this issue of The Watchman possible, we are most grateful. Some believe we should simply post articles online and no longer print this publication. For the time being, at least, we have chosen to keep printing a copy for those who like to keep the articles on file for Bible study and future use. We extend our profound gratitude to everyone whose contributions enable us to continue. May God bless you abundantly. May the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through grace, by faith in Jesus Christ, be your greatest resource on this earth. Take good care of your family and all those in the circle upon whom you depend.